0: Brothers and sisters, let's take our Bibles and let's read together from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 3, we read from verse 1. Luke 3, from verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptise you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of his sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire so with many other exhortations he preached good news to the people and now we go to john chapter 1 John 1, we read from verse 18. And this is the testimony of John. And this can be confusing because this is the gospel of John. But he says this is the testimony of John. He means John the Baptist. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. The text for the preaching is the verses 31 through 34. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water We now listen to the preaching of the gospel and afterwards we sing together in response hymn 26. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. In most churches that have reformed as part of their name 90% of members were baptised as children. And I'm guessing, also here in Mundajong, only a handful of you were baptised as adults. But have you ever thought about the fact, brothers and sisters, that the Lord Jesus was not baptised as a baby? Instead, Jesus was baptised as an adult When he was already 30 years old? No, of course. Jesus was not baptised into the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit like we were. And besides, for Jesus, baptism was not a sign of God's promise that God would forgive his sins. Of course not. Because Jesus never did any sins. So, why was Jesus baptised? What did baptism mean for Jesus? I preach to you this morning the gospel of your salvation under the following theme. Our Lord Jesus Christ was baptised as testimony that he would take away all our sins. And we consider three points. What his baptism testified about Jesus... What John the Baptist testified about Jesus and what God the Father testified about Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ was baptised as testimony that he would take away all our sins. We consider first what the Lord's baptism testified about him. Now, brothers and sisters, our text does not mention Jesus being baptised. Instead, Matthew told us in his gospel that Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to John and were baptized by him in the Jordan confessing their sins. And what did Jesus do? Jesus joined the crowd. Jesus did what everyone else was doing. As if He was one of them. A sinner like them. As if he also needed for his sins to be forgiven. And that's why John the Baptist said, No way, Jesus. I can't baptise you. Instead, if anything, you ought to baptise me. Now to be clear, the baptism of John the Baptist was not... Our baptism. It was not Christian baptism. Of course not. And we all know in Matthew 28 after the Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again, then he instructed his disciples to go out and preach to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ instituted Christian baptism after his suffering and his death. But before that in the Old Testament of course Israelite boys were circumcised. Israelite boys were grafted into the covenant by circumcision. But baptism was something that developed separately. Baptism was a ritual that Israelites invented for Gentiles. Because when Gentiles, and Gentiles are non-Israelites, when Gentiles joined the church and began to worship the God of Israel, those Gentiles and their male children were circumcised. Gentiles were circumcised, just like Israelites were circumcised. And that was by God's command. But the Israelites, and especially their leaders, they felt that for a Gentile to join the Israelite community, circumcision was not enough. Because Gentiles were unclean, were they not? Israelites were holy set apart, but Gentiles were unclean. And so the Israelites made a rule. They said Gentiles who are converted to the Israelite religion, they should be baptised to symbolise the fact that they are being made clean. They are being made holy. They are being transformed, being raised up to the same level as all these Israelites. So that's what baptism meant. But now, behold, now John the Baptist, he comes baptizing. And what does John the Baptist do? He baptizes Israelites. John baptizes children of Abraham who are already God's covenant people. John is baptizing them as if they need to be made clean. And that's why in John 1, the Jews in Jerusalem, they sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask John who he is and what he's doing. Because when John goes baptizing Israelites, that's confusing. And of course, we can understand very well why John the Baptist baptizes Israelites, brothers and sisters. We can understand because John explained very clearly. John addressed the Israelites as a brood of vipers. And he warned them to flee from the wrath to come because the axe is already lying at the root of the tree. Brothers and sisters, John does not characterise the people of Israel as okay kind of people who can sit back and relax because God has already chosen them. Instead, John explains in some detail what is wrong with God's holy people. What needs to be fixed on God's holy people. John explains... That some of them are greedy. They see their neighbours in need. And they could help. But they refuse. And others, tax collectors and soldiers, they abuse their power. They rip other people off. And besides, there are also prostitutes and drunkards and all kinds of sinners. They all need to repent from their sins. And John has no difficulty baptizing any of them. It's a sign. Being baptized with the baptism of John that means confessing that God is holy. And it is not only Gentiles who need to be washed and who need for their sins to be forgiven before they can live in the presence of holy God. Instead, when an Israelite is baptized... He confesses that there is something fundamentally wrong with him as well. So that he also needs the cleansing work of God in his heart and in his life. And so we can understand it very well. When Jesus joins that queue, that crowd of people who are being baptized. When Jesus comes to John and says... John, will you baptize me? We can understand that John says no, because Jesus is not a sinner. And this is where the story of Jesus being baptized becomes gospel, brothers and sisters. It's good news. Think about this. Jesus is the Son of God. He's without sin. And he hears John the Baptist preaching. He hears John the Baptist calling all these people to repentance. And Jesus sees all those sinners who are listening. And then how does Jesus react? Does Jesus place himself apart from those sinners? Does Jesus regard himself as different from those sinners? Brothers and sisters, when the Lord Jesus begins his public ministry, the first thing that he does is he takes our sins upon himself. He takes our sins upon himself and that means... Jesus does not look down on them from his throne up there in heaven. He does not tell these sinners to lift their game. Instead, he comes down, all the way down to our level. He joins us in our low position. Now, Jesus confesses for himself what all those other people were saying about themselves. Jesus is saying that there is something fundamentally wrong with Jesus too. Of course, because Jesus has taken all our sins upon himself. So that in the eyes of God, Jesus has now become sin. In the eyes of God, Jesus is now a pile of filth that cannot exist in God's presence and must be destroyed by God's wrath. This is why the baptism of Jesus is prophetic. It's pointing forward. Jesus is baptised. This is a sign that Jesus is now unclean. And so he will have to face an angry God and be baptised in the agony of hell. Be baptised in the curse of death. Although Jesus is a righteous man, although he has never committed even one sin, Jesus joins the ranks of all the other sinners in world history. Adam and Cain and Abraham and Ishmael and David and Judas Iscariot and you and me the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53. When Isaiah speaks about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Isaiah says he was numbered among the transgressors. That means he was regarded as a sinner. And of course, the leaders of Israel, they Regarded Jesus as a criminal who deserved to die. But the fact is, Jesus regarded himself in the same way. And God the Father on Golgotha, he regarded Jesus as a criminal too. Jesus, a man burdened by sin, living in the presence of Holy God, he deserves to die. He needs to be made clean. John the Baptist refused to baptize Jesus because John regarded Jesus as a special man. But Jesus says, you must baptize me, John. Because like every other God-fearing Israelite, Jesus believes that God is holy and God hates sin. And therefore Jesus also believes that he cannot stand before God on account of our sins which already cling to him. That is our first point. In our second point we will now consider what John the Baptist testified about Jesus. John explains in our text very carefully how John the Baptist came to know Jesus. And this is important. This is necessary because John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, was a close relative of Jesus' mother, Mary. John. And Jesus might have been cousins. And we know that John and Jesus were the same age. And that means when John the Baptist says anything about Jesus, there might be some suspicion that John is biased about what he says concerning Jesus. And therefore the testimony of John the Baptist might be unreliable. To be rid of all suspicion, John says in verse 31, John the Baptist says in verse 31, Before Jesus came to me to be baptized at the river Jordan, I did not know him. Don't think I'm biased. I didn't know him. And in verse 33, John repeats this assertion. I did not know him. And that means everything that that John the Baptist says about Jesus is based on what happened there beside the River Jordan when Jesus came to John to be baptised. So what did happen when Jesus was baptised? It's quite the story. First, John explains in verse 33... Before I baptised Jesus, first, God spoke to me. First, John says, first, God said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptises with the Holy Spirit. And so we understand, before anything happened, John had a vision or something. First, God instructed John to be on the lookout. John had to watch for a man upon whom the Holy Spirit would descend and remain. So John's got the message. And how many days after that John has to wait, we don't know. But one day, verse 32 tells us, one day when John was baptizing, when John baptized Jesus, afterwards, John saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus like a dove and remain on him. And then, because of what God had told John the Baptist beforehand, then, when John saw that, John the Baptist realised that man standing there, that man Jesus, whom John had just baptised, he was the Son of God. So before that, John the Baptist knew nothing. But then God spoke to him. God told John the Baptist how John the Baptist would recognise the Son of God when he would appear. And then, It happened just like God told John the Baptist, just like God said it would. And so the bottom line is, God the Father pointed Jesus out to John the Baptist. God the Father told John the Baptist, that man, Jesus, he is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. Now, think about this, brothers and sisters. It was John the Baptist who identified Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. Not John the disciple. Not John the evangelist. No, it was John the Baptist. Why does that matter? Well, John the Baptist was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was a priest who served in the temple, at the altar, and prepared sacrifices. His job was to slaughter bulls and goats, sheep and oxen, and present them to the Lord in the form of sin offerings and guilt offerings. And peace offerings. And before Zechariah. Before Zechariah. Priest after priest after priest. Generation after generation after generation for almost a thousand years had been butchering thousands of animals and burning those animals on the altar. Enough gallons of blood had been poured out to fill oceans. But nevertheless, all the work of all those priests, all those sacrifices and all that blood were insufficient to pay for sin. But now, in our text, we have John the Baptist this man is a priest, and he is the son of a priest, and he points to Jesus, and he says, Behold. He says, Behold. That means, look, see that man, look at him, look at him with your eyes. And then the priest says, and then the priest says, That man whom you see standing there, he is. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Never before has any priest been able to speak these words. Instead, all the animals that they slaughtered and that they sacrificed were only signs that pointed forward to someone who would come at some time in the future but now John the Baptist, a priest who has never served in the temple in Jerusalem and who has never offered even one animal sacrifice, he presents to the people the real thing, the fulfillment of all those signs and ceremonies. He presents to the people the Lamb of God who really does take away The sin of the world. And John explains in verse 31. That Jesus should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. That means God did not send John the Baptist. Into the desert to change people. Or to fix people. Instead John's job was point to Jesus and tell everyone to go to Jesus. John could only baptize them with water to symbolize God's promise of the washing away of sins. But John could not take their sins away. John could not take away their guilt or change their hearts. But Jesus, he would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus would give them the Holy Spirit. And so he would bring about real change in their hearts and in their lives. And this means, brothers and sisters, when John baptizes Jesus, then John's job is done. And John can retire. Indeed, when John baptizes Jesus, the last page of the Old Testament has been written. And the New Testament can begin. Because the Old Testament was all about the promise of salvation which God would grant in the future, in the fullness of time. The Old Testament was full of ceremonies and symbols of the law and shadows that all pointed forward, forward to Jesus Christ. But in our text, John introduces to us Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and who fulfills all the ceremonies and symbols and shadows of the Old Testament. Who still needs signs when we can see the real thing. Who still needs to sacrifice bulls and goats that can only symbolise the forgiveness of sins when the Lamb of God himself is standing before us and he takes the sin of the world upon himself? Moses, Elijah, Isaiah and all the prophets of the Old Testament, they said, listen. They said, hear the word of the Lord. And they all said, one day in the future, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. But in a text, John does not say here. John says, look. John does not say, one day God is going to. Instead he says, it's happening here, before your eyes. Behold, look, see. Because all God's promises have now become Reality. Now you can see them happening with your own eyes. That is the testimony of John the Baptist concerning Jesus. In our third point, we will now consider what God the Father testified about Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, afterwards... John the Baptist tells us. Afterwards he saw the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus like a dove and remaining upon him. And Luke tells us in his Gospel that while the dove was resting on Jesus, a voice came down from heaven and that voice said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. So, when Jesus is baptised, God tells Jesus that God loves him. God tells Jesus that God is pleased with what Jesus is doing. Now, you might know that a voice coming down from heaven happens three times into Lord's earthly ministry. The first time... In a text, when Jesus is baptised, when Jesus begins his earthly ministry, a voice comes down from heaven. A second time, when Jesus has just told his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer and die. That's on the mountain of transfiguration. And a third time, in John 12, when the Lord told his disciples that the hour has come for him to be glorified by his death on the cross. Three times, the Lord clearly enters a new phase of his ministry. And every time, God in heaven responds. God in heaven expresses approval. What's the point, brothers and sisters? Well, when the Lord was living in his world, he was God. And since he is God, he knows everything. When we think about this, we might imagine that for Jesus, his whole life was a carefully scripted play. As if every morning Jesus could wake up open his agenda and just know what was going to happen to him. Today, I must be baptised. Next Tuesday, I must raise Lazarus from the dead. And on the 27th of March, in the year 33 AD, I will be crucified just before midday. We can imagine the Lord knowing the future, living his life like that. But that's not how Jesus lived his life. Instead, as a boy and as a teenager, Jesus had to read the Old Testament, the laws and the prophets. And reading the word of God, Jesus had to learn how to live his life. When Jesus became an adult, he had to decide if he should Get married, yes or no? Should he or should he not take up a career? And we know from the book of Numbers, from the book of Numbers, Jesus would have learned that men of the tribe of Levi began to serve as priests at the age of 30. That's what the Bible says. Jesus, of course... He understood his duty to take upon himself the sin of the world. But when and how Jesus should do that? From the word of God, Jesus had to work that out for himself. And then Luke tells us in chapter 3, Luke tells us that Jesus waited until he was about 30 years old. And then... When other Israelites were going to John the Baptist to be baptised with a baptism of repentance, then Jesus went as well. And Jesus was baptised as well. That was the beginning of the Lord's public ministry. Announcing to the whole world and declaring before the Father as well that he would do his job and he would take the sin of the world upon himself. And then, and then, when Jesus did this public act, when Jesus made this declaration, behold, his Father in heaven responded. He spoke from heaven, telling Jesus and telling all the people that Jesus had read his Bible properly. And Jesus was making the right choice. God made that special announcement So that John the Baptist might know. And John the Baptist might report to you and to me that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In a minute, brothers and sisters, this sermon will be over. And in ten minutes we will all be outside. And then some of you will wonder, what you can do with such a sermon. A sermon that was all about Jesus. A sermon that said very little about what you have to do. A sermon that's nothing like the preaching of John the Baptist. With no urgent warning that the axe is laid to the root of the tree and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down. And thrown into the fire. Instead. I preach to you. Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. And I say to you. Believe in him. For the forgiveness. Of all your sins. Confess. Your sins. To him. And let him guide you. Today and in this week. Because when you do that, then you live by faith and then you obey the gospel. Amen.